Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Stream Street Day 408. And I'm joined by Vince. Hello, Vince. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Um, I'm eating an ice cream. Live on air. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the it. podcast, this is some ASMR for you guys. That's what it is. Um, uh, I've just been doing some labor downstairs, helping the lads lift some plasterboard and some other stuff for the morning. Uh, and so I'm eating myself an ice cream uh, as, a, as, a, as a well done, Rob sort of thing so that's my morning how's yours well it's early for you right it is yes you know we organize this and i always think to myself well i'll be so excited to hang out with rob again it's going to be great i can't wait to go on the show and talk to him and just have some good old fun spending an hour hour plus talking about warhammer and then i remember uh what time i got to get up to do that and i hate myself but that's okay (laughs) you're worth it rob Thank you. But you've also discovered what a Twister ice cream is, which I am Andy Lister in the chat has pointed out. He knows now what a Twister is. For non-English people or people in the UK, a Twister is both an ice pole or popsicle mixed with an ice cream in a twist fashion. Uh, Some people uh, don't really... uh, You haven't seen a Twister before, have you, Vince? I, no, no. Look, I'm not an ice cream aficionado. I eat no. I, I don't eat any kind of like ice cream or sweets or processed sugar of any kind. So like this would be outside of my purview, anyways. Uh, but everything about that sounds wrong. I just want you to know that morally, ethically, uh, everything about it is wrong. So ice cream. There you go. No, about that particular version of ice cream that you have. This this insane mixture. It's my favorite ice cream. It's my favorite one. It's really good. Uh, it's the the you guys should get into it is what I'm saying. Um, but that's fine. <coughs> Sorry, I caught up there. Uh, and also, Mint Feast is also great. MJ Pegasus, you've nailed it. Uh, so, hello, Vince. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone listening to the podcast. Um, uh, Vincent's got loads. He's just got uh, he wants to talk about today. So we're going to be talking about that uh, and hearing his thoughts on some of the things. And I think uh, maybe uh, it, at odds with some of the things that maybe. Uh, I've talked about this week or not. Um, some clarity, I think, is one of those things. And we're just going to be yammering away. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you to everyone in the Twitch chat. And thank you, of course, to everyone on Patreon and on the podcast. I hope you're all well and enjoying the sunny day in UK. It's sunny, um, which is rare. So uh, you get very excited when you see even half half a bit of sun. You're like, ooh. And we can now go to pubs, which is the best. I, uh, I sat out yesterday afternoon in my very first pub session. Uh, having a ginger beer, not obviously an alcohol. Um, miles away from anyone else sat down, but it was really nice anyway. Uh, are you well? Uh, catch us up, Vince. What have you been up to? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, man. Can't complain. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll avoid my 10-minute tangent on your country's strange obsession with pubs and why this is a big deal. As someone who, like you, also doesn't drink. So, you know, there's you and I do have that in common. I love the pub, though. Uh, I, I mean... It is. A, I've I've been to many a English pub with English people on various occasions when I've been over there, and it is a it is a different sort of experience. But uh, uh, what have I been up to? I don't know. Same stuff as always, man. Working, making videos, playing Warhammer. You know, all the good stuff, all the fun things. Oh, good. What have so, you been painting? Uh, finished up my big uh, chariot. Uh, for Glutose's chariot, only I'm not using Glutose the fat boy. I, I switched it out. We're using a more muscular guy as my centerpiece. Uh, my my uh, my main character is representing a little bit more of a different aspect of Slanesh, and uh, we've, we've got a we've got a golden bull god as uh, what who who we're worshiping here on the center of the chariot. Classic Age of Sigma at this point, bovine and, orientated all around. Yes, that's look. 
if you can't get get into the cow meta, that's what it is. Everybody's going cow. So there you go. Uh, and now I'm just playing around with some Curse City stuff, man. Uh, looking at, you know, I'm like going through and figuring out how I want to convert each figure or use each figure or whatever, whatever. Put together some of the skeletons because they're fun and easy. So, yeah. Are you, are you enjoying the models? I mean, yeah, they're they're really good models. Uh, I mean, like, but obviously. Uh, things like, and, and a lot of them are pretty simple. That is to say, like, the skeletons and stuff are wonderful. They're just basically like two pieces. You just go like, boop, boop, and put them together and they're fine. It's yeah. very easy. Yeah. Are they push fit? I did not know that. Yeah, they are. They are push fit, yes. Oh, nice. Nice. Easier for the lads uh, to put together. Okay. Uh, and what are you, uh, and you're not, you told me off air, you're not planning on really playing tons of Curse City. Nope. I probably won't play the actual game very much, but I still love the box. Like, I'm not saying I won't play it at all. I just know that, like, I don't have many opportunities to play it. I'm not like Tom, who's going to play with his kids left and right. Mm. Uh, but so I. For me, it's more about how do I use each fig. Like, I'm going to use the ogre hero that comes in there, like the ogre order hero guy. I'll use yeah. him as a tyrant in my ogre army as well, right? And I'll, I'm going to pick a couple of the heroes and do a nice golden demon project with them. Uh, some of the monsters are going to show up in an FEC army. Uh, yeah, just whatever I can think of. Fun stuff. Make some videos, make some fun conversions, make some competition projects. Just whatever I want. It's fun not to not to have to worry about after painting so much Lanesh for so long, it's nice to have, like, uh, no real purpose, if that makes sense, to what you're painting. Yeah, you're just enjoying the process of doing it. Plus, also, great opportunity to paint those models, limited edition at this stage. So, uh, Apparently. O uh, only so many you can paint. Uh, so that's going to be, um, uh, like, you know, you don't have to worry about too many people getting their hands on them. And then, I mean, a lot of people have got their hands on them. Uh, but and no more people, and then you're all good. You're set yeah. at that point. <laughs> My uh, my hope is that uh, that eventually they just release like if whatever happened, my hope is that eventually they find a way to release these figures out into the world separately. So, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I assume the skeleton warriors, are the new skeleton warriors, and the new zombies, yeah, and the new yeah, zombies yeah, yeah. for the Grave Lord. So uh, I'm pretty certain that we're going to be seeing those in in boxes, uh, which would be yes. really good. Well, uh, and we saw that honestly, the new skeletons that are going to come with Grave Lords, I think, are probably better because there's more poses, more dynamism to them. Uh, and the same with the zombies. They don't all, like, the the new zombies in Soulblight don't all have gravestones on their back. So I think we're actually getting, we already know we're getting upgraded versions of those. Yep, <laughs> right? 100%. I just yeah. hope they find a way to get the cool, uh, like, I mean, Radicar's on his own sprue, and, you know, like, you've got a hero sprue, and that kind of stuff. I just hope they, they should just put out a box eventually, assuming they still have the sprues, and they didn't, and there were molds that got damaged or something. Then... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case at this point. Look, every rumor in the world is out there, so I'm open to any possibility. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I hope that they, they find a way to get that out there. Like, some of these heroes are just so good, man. They're yeah, so I know, good. Like, I know. Big big fan of the Kanothi, particularly for me. Um, uh, she was the one I was thinking about throwing in the bin. Oh, really? You don't like that one? Uh, no, she's. I, I have zero interest or love for what else. I just I couldn't care less. Really? <laughs> what, how come? They're the most boring type of elf. Uh, well, take that, more, Scott. Because they're more classic. I mean, I don't know that it has anything to do with classic. Like, like let's if you're talking about like the three classic elves, elf classic, mm. right? Of dark elf, high elf, and wood elf. Okay, mm. I'm saying wood elves were always the most boring to me. Oh, interesting. that's what I'm saying. 
was it their like fraternity with nature or you found the nature aspect boring or like like do you prefer the more high magical essence of or just the whole thing generally just a bunch of hippies i don't know <laughs> yeah of course i mean nathan the biggest hippie of them all uh he, <laughs> he loves them uh i know that for a fact uh, <laughs> uh thanks to dud life for resubscribing i hope you're well uh thanks everyone for joining us live herolicious also thanks for resubscribing uh yeah vince you got some uh some of the things you want to talk about you want to talk about new sinesh is that right i did want to talk about new sinesh man and dreadwoods is hitting a question here right away mm. he highlighted it i think which means that so he i don't know what that means but I think it means like he did something special to make it highlighted. I don't know Twitch rules. But Dreadwoods, I'll answer your question in case you have to disappear. Of course it colors my perception. So let's talk about New Slanesh. His question was basically, uh, for those who, for the, for the podcast bros watching, Dreadwoods asked a question which said, do you think the love of the faction that I have, obviously I have a deep and abiding love of Slanesh, it's one of my two main factions, colors my opinion on behaviors from the company. I, if the release hadn't been Slanesh, do you think you would have viewed new kits from a book drop four months ago as bad form? I can't say that because I don't, I don't, I don't know the counterfactual, right? The counterfactual didn't happen. Yeah. You are you. you can't I am, you. I am me. And, uh, and, and this was this, right? So I, I cannot picture both either scenario with, a uh, with authority. What I can say is that, yes, of course I'm biased. Like, Heck yeah, I'm biased. Yes, I am biased to what I love, which is actually part of my point. Okay? If What's you don't point? play Slanesh, point. Sure. If you don't play Slanesh, haters to the left, shut your face. Okay? You have no vote here. You don't get to vote. I don't vote for MPs in the UK. I don't live there. Rob Do doesn't really? vote for my senator in Ohio. He doesn't live here. Okay? So if you don't play Slanesh, what do you care? You can say it's like, oh, maybe it's bad form. I hope they don't do it for my army. Maybe, maybe so. You can have a general feeling about it. That is to say, like, there are plenty of MPs over in the UK I read about since I have followed so many people, since I follow so many UK people, that I'm like, oh, they seem like a real bad bloke. <laughs> right? In the UK? Well, we have, yes, we have we have some treasures. We have some yeah, treasures, it seems like you've got you. some winners just like us. I do. Absolutely. I follow a lot of UK politics. Yeah, but yeah, I do. So, like, I mainly, have a, mainly I, so mainly so when the call comes out, so that you know we're going to the gallows. I'm <laughs> with the mob. Like, sure, so I'll, I'll, I keep I'll my go. ear to the ground. I keep my ear to the ground. I'm like, where are we going, lads? Uh, but not yet, apparently, not yet. But like, but at the same time. Yes, of course. The pe like if here's here's my here's my 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 litmus test for this. If the people who love Slanesh and who play Slanesh are going are if they if we could like pull all of them and they all were like, yes, we love this new thing. We're excited about getting a new thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then isn't that the voice we should listen to the loudest? The players of that army. Uh, uh, depends on it, it. You haven't contextualized it. You think you should only listen to them because void answer. Like so, okay, like, sure. what, like so. Let's let's break down like, the two because sides you, of what you story. what you really mean is shouldn't we listen to the snesh? Well, not what you mean. Sorry, that's wrong. I think what no, you're please. saying is yeah, it shouldn't we only listen to the snesh uh, voices when it's a snesh release and not the wider community as a whole. And you're you're you uh you seem to have uh, dismissed the 
I'm worried this may happen to my faction, and also the ongoing trend of it happened to Lumineth. Um, uh, it's happening to Seraphon, it seems as well, which is quite fascinating. Uh, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. So, like, yeah. uh, like it's only really valid if you ignore all of the context, which most arguments are. Like, so, but like, I have a dog in the race. I honestly don't care. Like, <laughs> like sure. release them how they release them, release them how they don't. I just want to have fun and play Warhammer, um, which is really key. I think, I think for customers, it's problematic. I think that's where it's an issue because if you're a customer making well-informed decisions is really hard at the moment from Games Workshop because they're very unclear. They don't have a roadmap for their product base. You know, they don't they they are intentionally obfuscating truth. You know, they'll do articles where they'll say things are good which aren't good in game, which is incredibly awkward. They have customer service people who you walk in and say, "Yeah, you can play this in a game," but really that's really unhelpful because they're not giving you any real information about stuff that makes sense they don't give you a vehicle to get better they don't have a training program to play games well there's like a sure. there's a there's a big uh, attempt at obfuscation just so that they can take money off you and it's a business but you can be a business and also help your customer base instead of trying to steal from your customer base which i think that those are kind of steals a heavily loaded word but i think you can might be both. you might have you might have wandered a bit into the realm of hyperbole yes yeah mm. yeah i i was clear uh, and then, but yeah, like, whatever. Like, it's cool. Like, new models. I mean, they look great. Like, Obviously, they're the best models ever produced. Yes, of course. We all know that. Zero percent agree. Absolutely not there, true. They are it's clearly the best that the execution in the history of Warhammer. Shartor, the, the executioner, is the best model ever released, probably. Like, it's just 11 out of 10. Big fan. Okay. Let me but see if I can clarify my point, since mm. I'll, I'll, I'll move out of hyperbole, too. Mm. Uh, because yes, of course, I was being facetious as well. Just as that's why I said, of course, you might have opinions on it. We all have opinions on the state of the game, okay? But here's here would all let let's set up my whole argument. Uh, I'll move out of the uh, out of the we'll we'll move out of the hyperbole range and get into the deep talk here, okay? Mm -hmm. What we're really arguing for, either this is so, Rob. Here's question one. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, the uh, the question is this: We're either going to have a binomial discussion, or this is a, a like this is always good or always bad, or we're going to have a nuanced discussion where there's some amount of time where we can release this. The binomial discussion is uh, that it's always bad to release products off cycle. Okay. So. Uh, that is my first question. Do What's you, question? do you think it is always bad to release products, models, whatever, off cycle, i.e. not in tune with a book release, which we would assume comes every two to three years, probably. Should so, okay. all new models that come out be tied to a, a book release? And that book release should be on a two or three year schedule. Oh, I mean, uh, no, there you go. But that you've set okay. that very broad. Yeah, so like. Well, I'm intentionally easy. constructing an argument. Yes, this is how we start. <laughs> yeah, so that's very easy to me uh, to say no. Uh, however, um, let's talk about context and how, so far and over years, generally, the rule of thumb is applied. And it's been book release, model range releases, you're good for a sure. couple of years. New book release, new model ranges, you're good for a couple of years. When we hear there's going to be a new book release, we get excited because will there be a book or will there be models, let's say Seraphon, accompanying? our stuff okay we've got for like 
Seraphon is an example. Oh, we've got the ziggurat, but no endless spells. Okay. Like, I don't know what's... Like, that seems weird. Like, it was a point of note for people to be like, oh, that's odd, because everyone else, or not everyone else, but some other people in mainly the kind of system now gets a terrain piece, and they get some endless spells or prayers or whatever it might be. So that's kind of our system. So you, as a consumer, are trained. This is our system. I know what we're doing. Same as a restaurant. I go in, starter, no thank you. Main course, that's fine. Like, you can choose. There's, there's, there's options. But you generally know how the experience goes. Let me just... I don't want to sideline us too much, but any restaurant where the food doesn't come on a plate, I'm out. Very important. That's fine. Like, okay. really important. Uh, so generally, that's the system. I think uh, mainly people's problem, and again, not my problem, um, mainly people's problem is that the paradigm has changed with no real indication as to why and if that paradigm is going to be consistent because there's no communication about the paradigm change and so people get generally frustrated because people get used to a system it's very much like the weekly release a weekly release okay like when's our next age of sigma release we don't know like what's happening you know people so we'll get there let me let me jump back in here yeah yeah. we both agree that it that the only that we can release models off cycle right Yeah, yeah we can have occasions where models can come out, not tied to a book. We both agree with that, yes? I don't think I don't think models in any way should be tied to a book at all. So T- tend to agree, absolutely agree. Okay, and I assume most of the audience agrees as well, right? So great, we're out of the binomial situation. So if that's true, okay, then what we're arguing about and what the discussion we need to have is. We should be having then then there's two areas of discussion we need to, to, to break down into one. When what's the grace period after a new book where something comes out and two, how much are we allowed to release? OK. Mm-hmm. So uh, under 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 current context where it's rules and law inside of said book as the process. Sure. Which, again. There's all sorts of things we could lay as foundational elements here. Like you and I both agree should, like I've said for a long time, I just don't think War Scrolls should be in books or that shouldn't be the source of truth that all rules should be free. They, Although thankfully the War Scrolls are, I think all the rules should be free. I think they should be mostly digital. I think they should be updated regularly and errata should be integrated and there should be a single source of truth for that. Of course, all that's true. In a searchable right? database. Imagine that. Absolutely. Imagine a the thousand dream. percent. Imagine yes. the dream. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, of course, we're both on the page with that. You, We, we know, because that's just the logical way the world should work. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Uh, number one. Number two, uh, should we have a roadmap and a communication plan? Yes, a thousand percent. Obviously. Right? One of the best things they did was make a roadmap for the Underworld's Warband. Love that. Right? I We all agree that they should communicate better. I've said it literally a hundred times on the show. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So with that agreement out of the way, we all know that's the baseline. We live in a world where they're going to do what they're going to do as far as that goes. So the question then becomes, what is the cool-off period Rob, how long after a book do we have to wait before they release a model? What's the time? Is the model tied to rules inside of a book? 
define what that means. Does it work with the book? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, or yeah. is it like, 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 is it like, so like, so none of us, like in this context, zero of us pirate any material. Of course, we're all paying the legitimate fees for the book. Okay. Of course. So obviously. Yeah, and we're all following the rule that a TO puts in place that I must bring all of my rules in said supplements or in format to event. Absolutely, completely agreed. Yes. Okay. Okay. In which case, I have to buy the book in order to access the rules. I can't just know them in order to take them to said event because none of us, Vince, are advocating for piracy in any way. Yes or no? A hundred percent agreed. Okay. And so, therefore, it's a paywall in order to access and use new rules the answer is yes okay then we're cool in which case what's the period i don't know you'd maybe think about it i'm not sure uh and truthfully uh not really my care because i don't live inside that paradigm like it's a false equivalence because none of us do like none of us very few of us bring our battle tome or maybe it's on our app or yeah, sure. maybe we're just using the war scrolls and written down or we've used that what's that davis ford guy do aos reminders we've used yeah. that like, sure. or we've written down a cheat sheet with our Excel stuff, whatever it is. But I think very few, oh, that's not very true. I'm sure some people bring all of their rules in all of their, like, necessary books. Uh, but what the question I can't really answer, because it doesn't really fit into what I think is the realistic framework of life and how we play the game. It just doesn't matter. Like, we, I was talking the other day about spell cards. It's illegal for me to exist. Yeah, like it's illegal for me to it's illegal for me to reproduce spell cards, but spell cards are a cool as hell. Like, yeah. like I'm like spell card. <laughs> like, you know, they're looking for more and more stuff to sell. Slight agreement. I watch or a slight tangent. Sorry, I'm sorry. Hmm. You know, I watched that show where you talked about that. I couldn't agree with you more, and it's shocking to me that product does exist. How is there not, especially for stuff like Lumineth, where they have where you have one guy who can cast twenty spells. Like, how have they not printed spell card supplemental materials? It's just shocking to me. Shocking. And it's such a useful tool, but it's yeah. like, technically illegal for me to ever reproduce that in any format to be sure. able to play at a tournament. And that is frustrating because the actual, um, like, again, the legal framework and the correct framework is I've purchased a whole book, which I'm going to yeah, then yeah. show to you and I'm going to carry somewhere else. That's the framework. The problem is, is we operate in this hobby in the boundaries of the grey. And so, really, the question becomes, are people upset about the boundaries, like, as well, the real state of the game and how things are? Because when models are tied inside a book, I think people find that frustrating because I would say a large percentage of the customer base are law-abiding, great human beings who want to give their money to Games Workshop for the products that they produce. They're like, you make this, so I should give you money. That's how it works. This is your labor of work, and so I should pay sure. you for the labor of work. I respect that. I think that that's phenomenal, and I think everyone's brilliant for doing so. Um, so I think some people find the fact that there's a paywall to be able to use those things frustrating. But you think that there's a period of time, right? Like, how, what do you? No, think I'm asking, because that's what everybody's argument seems to be. This Slanesh item was too close to the book. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, we've already said... The communication is not the subject here, okay? And if that's your issue, if your only issue is that it wasn't communicated, then you and I have no disagreement. You you being the broader you, not just you, Rob. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I agree it should have been communicated as well because they should have a roadmap and they should be setting a communication strategy and they should be telling us what's coming. We all agree, okay? So if that's your only complaint, 
I have no argument with you. You and I are on the same page. Now, if you're angry that it came out, okay, what, two, three months after the book released, whatever it was, I don't know, you know, if that's the problem, then my question is, all you're saying is, I think there should be X amount of time between when a book releases and something new happens. I In other I, words, I, I think actually, I think actually to to unpick that because I don't think I don't think that's accurate. I think what people are saying is this is you've already existed in a in a paradigm for a while where you release a bunch of models and rules in a wave and then we're done. I think the same reason that people maybe are upset about what we're seeing with New Sinesh and arguably even the old Sinesh book, although there was some period of time, and also the Lumineth book is that like oh so what you're doing now is you're breaking stuff up into different publications and in different waves. This is something sure. you haven't done previously, something I wasn't aware that you were going to do, something that wasn't really what happens. And it's clear you're doing that on a business perspective as opposed to a quality of life for the customer perspective. Like very, like, sure. so they're very different. Then, so I don't think- All we're I don't doing think, is yeah. moving the subject from time. Okay, so if you're going to tell me it's not time. No, Vince, it's not time. I don't care. You could put it out two months later or whatever, right? It's not time. That's not what our complaint is. Then you've switched to my other prong, which is intensity. How much? Okay. Uh, no, I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was time. I said that the paradigm was different, and people are upset yes, about the paradigm. I understand, but that's that's intensity, okay? Because if it's not time, and it's not, uh, and and then what we're and it's not. We don't like. Here's the question. Let me put it, let me make this real for you, Rob, what I'm talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. At what point is it a problem? Uh, and I agree with Iron Gutsman. What a privilege for people to complain about new releases. Yes, I agree, Iron Gutsman. Uh, so the uh, Iron Gutsman, a hero amongst all of us, as always. Oh, goodness sakes, what the heck. Great music, though. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. The Let's assume... I'm going to give you three situations, Rob, and you tell me what, whether or not you find this offensive because it's all in the same thing. Okay. None, situation. I find none offensive. So. Right. Uh, right on. Should, yeah. Go for it, though. Okay. Eight months after the uh, a book is released, you get a new single hero who is widely available on foot. Okay, and that is it. It's a new single hero on foot. It's a splash hero release. Let's say it's tied to, you know, like it happens to be like a narrative or something, like a Gardas or whatever, that kind of a guy, right? But that comes out. It's just that. There are no other rules. He, like, that's that's what you get. It's been eight months since the book. Are we offended by that? Well, I'm offended Does by that nothing. trip your sensibility? Does no, that no. trip the sensibility of what you're complaining, of what people are complaining about? Does that Again. fall into the bad situation or okay? uh what that they release a model that eight months after a book has come out we have no other release we got we got the book we got whatever release we got with it it's been eight months because no. of some special thing a single let's just, hero go, let's, go, let's just go for no so we can go down the road okay great all right so that's my point of course the answer is no <laughs> like of course the answer is no we all think the answer is no okay because if the argument is, I don't like what they did with Lumineth, yeah, man, I'm on board. Because it was way too much stuff to split into two books that were way too close together. Now, 
what I'm judging, what I, what I'm judging Slanesh on right now is what I've seen, which is we have these new twins models. They're special models releasing with, with, uh, broken realms, Kragnos, mm-hmm. right? What I am not keen to see, what I have to judge this on, because if we get into the argument of, well, exactly how much is okay, right? All right, so a single hero is okay. What if it's a hero and a unit? What if it's an underworld tour band? What if it's a hero and a unit and a monster, right? Like, then we're just going to get into this dumb line, gray line argument, right? Where, like, some people won't like it, some people will. So it can't be, my point is, if it can't be the amount of stuff and it can't be the time, because those are just too fungible, Okay, then all we're really discussing beyond the communication thing, which we both said should be clear. I'll repeat for the sixth time just because I don't want to hear it. Okay, is what are their abilities to do off cycle things in a way that doesn't harm but enhances your purchase of your previous stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, to me, the reason the Lumineth was offensive, okay, is because it was so much, basically the rest of the army, that was clearly broken up for no reason, right? And it was a lot of the army. And it was rules that impacted even things that were previously there, like new scenario rules. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. That fundamentally changed the way the army played. And what I say is point to the thing that got invalidated by the new release, that got obsoleted. And it's quite easy for me to do that, right? I can point to the old Lumineth book and go, that's invalid. I have to buy a new book now. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't care whether it's it's Broken Realms or the new book, which itself was stupid, by the way. Right? The new book? I didn't. Like the fact that they put out a new battle tome less than a year later, or or you can also just buy Broken Realms, uh, Techless, and like and all the confusion that that elicited. I told the story on the show of my buddy who's like who hasn't bought or played really or painted. Sorry, he plays a ton, but he hasn't bought or painted anything since 1996. Not a lie. Lumineth came out. He was all in for it. Okay, mm-hmm. he went and bought a. Uh, by the way, W. Soren just gifted a tier one sub. I know. He just, w. Soren's just a hero. Texas, just Texas life is great life at the moment. Uh, hello, everyone, by the way. Uh, thanks for joining us. Loads of love. I'm just listening to Vince. So, uh, like, But if you guys want to throw any questions or comments in the chat, please do. Yes, we'll, we'll absolutely address them. So, okay. Uh, all right. So, anyways, he went, you know, the whole Lumineth thing, like I told the story, he went out and he bought the new Lumineth book. He had bought the original one. He went to the store, saw there was a new one. He bought that in a couple of the units. He came over to my house to play Warhammer. And we said, and I said, oh, you know, you could have brought Broken Realms Techless. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, yeah, that would have had your stuff in it too. And it would have had, because he also plays Cities of Sigmar. And I was like, and it would have had new cities rules in there for you too, where you can use your Lumineth with your cities. And he was like, what? And he was, he was like, I didn't know that. Exactly, he didn't know that. That's terrible release strategy. Like, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, obviously, Lumineth was bad. No disagreement. My point is, is that there has to be some kind of difference here when I point at the new Slanesh thing and I go, show me what was obsoleted. Now, again, I'm assuming it's literally just this one model, because that's all I've been shown. Well, two. If there's, 
Yeah, yes, I understand. It's the one kit that can be built into two models. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pedantic. Uh, so <laughs> just being clear. <laughs> um, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm painting up this house. Yeah, I'm just listening. I'm just listening and being part of the conversation. So my point is, could there be more? Sure. Will could that change my opinion? Yes, but those are facts, not in evidence. Mm. I am forming my opinion based on what I know right now, and what I know is that we're getting this one kit, two models, right? Yeah. And I cannot point to anything in Slanesh that gets obsoleted. I cannot find harm. To me, and then I'll shut up so you can talk, okay, because I've been running here. You've been, you've been doing great. Clear as hell. The, here is the metaphor I would use. Since my college degree is in metaphors and analogies, I have to put it to use every so often. Here we go. You ever, Rob, go to a restaurant and have a nice meal? You get a big, wonderful meal. Mm -hmm. It's good. Okay? Yep. You're full. And then at the end of the meal, the waiter or somebody comes out, the manager comes out, and they're like, hey, look, we just want to apologize. We know it took too long to get your food out to you. Okay? So here's a piece of chocolate cake big piece of chocolate cake or one of your dumb twisty ice cream things that you like or whatever. I don't know. Twisters. Whatever, whatever weird desserts you like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you've been presented with a big piece of chocolate cake and you're full. Okay. Yeah. Your choice at this point is to look at the waiter or the manager and go, why didn't you tell me that this cake was coming? Why don't like I did, I would have saved room for this chocolate cake. I can't eat this now. And you can throw a fit at your free cake. Or you can go, oh, that's cool. I'm going to box up this cake and I'll take it home. And I'll, maybe I'll have it later tonight when I'm peckish. Mm. Okay. And to me, if it's just a single model and there's no harm, which by the way, this is basically the line for me. If ultimately they're just spruiking a couple cool special characters from a narrative that comes out and it doesn't obsolete anything I've already purchased. That's the key for harm, obsolation of previous purchases, right? Mm. Then I don't see the harm, okay? Right? It's another thing that happened that I got access to. Now, might it be that the person had to plan very carefully, right, mm -hmm. for uh, how much they were going to spend on their army, and then they... You know, and they set aside that money and they bought their stuff and now they have this new thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sucks, right? Like if they they planned very specifically and then this new thing comes out, and they're like, oh, I would have loved to uh, known that was coming. So I could have saved money for that. Totally. OK. And I, I'm like, I understand that pushback. That's why. We all agree they should have communicated to return back to the previous story. Okay. Mm. But they didn't. They didn't. Then they don't. But that's fine. And, because and because so do you know our what? choice now mm. is to be angry at the cake that we didn't expect. Yeah. Okay. Or be like, that's cool. It's going to be a model that's out now and will be there for years. And if I'm playing Slanesh, Maybe I save up my pennies and I and I buy it a couple months from now. Mm -hmm. Fine. You can yeah. like. I, mean, I don't want to let dumb perfect in a hobby where the enemy of the forever. Good. Sure. Like 
pre-orders are dumb in this hobby. But I got my pre-order. I'm like for the thing that's going to be on sale forever. For, for the regular thing, like we understand that cool. some special boxes, like you know, Curse City, like things happen. But you know, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so the analogy of the cake doesn't work at all, of course, because. Well, I think it in works. That, like, because in that situation, I know how restaurants work. Like, I'm not amazed that pudding is all of a sudden invented. Like, if they offered me, like, an exotic dancer at the end, I'd be like, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah? And I didn't know that this was thrown in with the meal. Yeah? Which, and those those models look like exotic dancers. They look great. Like, really big fan. But the cake thing doesn't work. Because I know how restaurants work. And as a customer of Games Workshop for several years, I understand, or I did understand, the paradigm of the release schedule. It was a bit anarchic true but generally i get a book we get some models with we finger guns for a couple of years that's fine now that's not the case who does that really affect though so like the paradigm has changed so again you can't be angry at the cake because no one's angry at the models i think what people are angry at is the chef yeah not telling me there was an exotic dancer available down the road the real question sure. is is does it matter that you can get the exotic dancer like do you care maybe you don't like the exotic dancer maybe you're only like you into exotic dancers and people who are on the other side are like oh, i'm not too bothered whatever like i'm fine with this analogy but like there are some people who feel like it's not very positive and also most importantly i think some people who feel like it's disingenuous because really again if we're all following the rules it's some more rules behind a paywall if it's just the war scrolls then it's fine if you don't include those war scrolls in your army however there's obviously a great conversation about pay to play and also pay to win and some armies sure. and some war scrolls and units being particularly good so sometimes you almost need to like if you are a competitive gamer and the honest war gamer really i know we're a deeply narrative channel but we mainly are involved with like competitive gaming and so because of that really everything to do with competitive gaming is what's important to us like if something's rubbish it just drops out of the conversation for me forever until it rears its ugly head like further down the line like everything else really is only to do with how to do well at tournaments and also how to compete at tournaments and paying to play and paying to win is a part of that process and has always been a part of the process for warhammer and people are cool with that i think games workshop also know that process and so, very much like we've seen with Jukari, as an example, if we want to sidestep over to 40k. So not only is the Jukari Codex great, arguably, although I don't really believe in power creep in some examples, because battle tomes at least vary up and down. But I think well, there's clearly more... there's no battle. There's no power creep overall in AOS. Yes, that's true. I don't know about yeah, 40k. Yeah, but, but in, in 40k, there's a very consistent, like, mm, upward trend, generally. I've, I'm, I'm, I haven't thrown my hat in the ring yet and saying that's definitely true. But like you can't like the your eyes can't lie to some of the the quality there. But more importantly, with the Book of Rust, which is uh, a sub faction edition, effectively, uh, the the Cult of Strife in there is stonks, big stonks. So it's okay. uh, I buy my Jukari book, and then I have to buy again if I'm legally using all of this stuff and taking them to sure. tournaments. I have to buy this and take that in there. Now. Uh, also, little side note, all of the lore has been reduced down in all the 40k codexes significantly. Like, significantly. Like, and you speak to any 40k guys, they'll be like, it's bad. Whereas Broken Realms and all of the current co uh, battle tomes and each additional one are just 11 out of 10. Like, you couldn't like get like get me on a rooftop to shout about it more. I'm all about it. I think the pro law progression is great. Whether or not you're like happy about the storyline, that's fine, right? We're all like subjective in this particular uh, setup. But I'm I'm cool. You could sell me the Broken Realms book, 
without the rules. You could you can sell me sure. that. Sure. And yep. I think I think the and like the problem is is that probably the rules are used to justify the price point of a book because books sure. don't cost that much money. Like to make and especially to sell. Like I can get like a hardback novel from an amazing author for like a tenner. Like in like and that's like brand new. Yeah, like, sure. uh, but then there's loads of other stuff in there as well. There's the art, which I think, I think maybe Warhammer is ba- like is probably so successful because of the art. The art is fucking mint. Like, I love the art. Like, I go to town on that all day. I wish I was a better artist to really understand how good the art is. I think I wish there was. You know how uh, there's like there are narrative YouTubers and then there's painting YouTubers and gaming YouTubers sure. and other stuff. Just sure. give me the fucking art YouTuber. Like break down each. Oh, they image. exist. I mean, like they're very popular. Are they? Who is that? Who are they? So go check out Jazza, for example. I mean, he's got. Like, How do I spell that? J A Z Z A. Oh, he's got like millions and millions of subs. He's super. He's super huge. Is this a thing? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you, uh, Nefarious. Thanks for re- thanks for subscribing for the first time. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, like I don't think I think that's why people may be frustrated. But then, like, who cares ultimately? Because, again, the paradigm doesn't exist. Because the, the, the honest way that people involve themselves in the hobby just doesn't work. Like, that isn't how people play. Like, mm-hmm. f- like I see the rules before I'm even able to buy the model sometimes. Uh, before I'm able to buy the book. Sorry. Sometimes. Like, and that's true for 40k. Wow. Like, with 40k, like, the pre-orders will go up, but so will also the reviews. So, in the week before you can even physically get your hand on your physical book because you can't buy it digitally... You know all of the rules. Like, we're not living in a world where there's the paywall that we pretend exists. I think what's frustrating for people is that, especially if you're planning... I mean, building a painting army is prodigious work. Maybe not so much for you, although you do amazing work to be so good at it. It's certainly a huge amount of work, yes. My armies generally take three to probably five months to produce. When I make an army, I paint one army a year, and it takes me... I mean, I work 40 hours a week on that army every week so you can multiply that out right yeah yeah of course and I, like and, and and much respect and love for you for being able to achieve that like some other people don't have that time and they also don't put it or they don't put in that so like sometimes it's i want let's say an equal amount of it's work. an absolute luxury for me to have that time yeah yeah, yeah. right and so uh <laughs> and so there's there's a problem for people who have planned an army i'm not talking about financially because it's an expensive hobby like, but I'm talking about people who have planned an army. I'm going to run this. I'm going to run that. And if new rules come out that that's a must include, and honestly, mm-hmm. if I was a Sinesh player, I'd be chomping at the bit for literally fucking anything at this point. Like rain in a desert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to pedantic you back. It's champing. <laughs> oh, thank you, champing at the bit. But I'm gonna, I'm, I don't ride horses. I am learning though, uh, which Good. is really fun. Yeah, I met that's some awesome. horses the other day. It was really interesting. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, my my I've. I, we can start the whole conversation again at the start. I just think rules should be free. Like, and I don't think it's a good yes, vehicle. Which we both for... agree with, fundamentally. Yeah, but I don't think it's a good vehicle for making money, but they're using it as a vehicle for making money, and they're making sure. using it as a vehicle to make money in a new paradigm which their customers aren't used to, and then they haven't communicated about it, which I'm, I'm sure while the rub. Like, the, th- the reason, the thing you're offended about with uh, Lumineth, while invalidated a book, it's also tied in with a bunch of other stuff. It's just a book. It's just a fucking book. Like, whatever. Like, sure. did even those people buy the book? Like, who knows? But the point is, 
like with the new Sinesh thing, like fine. But like, what's it going to be next? Because it's now sure. the methodology. Like, yeah. is it going to be a lot of stuff? As an example, I play Daughters of Cain, so I buy the Marathi Broken Realms book so I can play Daughters of Cain new. But then there's a Daughter of Cain battle tome and it's got more new stuff in. So that's, sure. and it, it, was, it was six months. Like, is that fine? Do you care? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. I don't care because I don't, or I already don't exist in the paradigm of I'm going to buy them all for the rules. I buy it all for the story. Yeah. The rules I put together myself in spreadsheets and other stuff. So, yeah, I, here's, here's what I'll say ultimately. I think broadly, we don't actually have much of a disagreement here. Right. What I think is happening is I think the Slanesh thing became a flashpoint. It's not actually the Slanesh thing. Okay, like the Slanesh model, I don't think is actually the thing that pisses people off. What I mean by that is I'm not saying people's anger isn't justified or or whatever. Like feel the way you feel, of course, as always. But what I'm saying is I think it's a sort of straw that broke the camel's back moment. And people have focused on that because the larger practices that we're not that we don't want are things like you mentioned with the Drukari are things like what happened with the Lumineth. And it's like, oh, this is. This just became one more of those things, okay? Yeah, <laughs> right. And but like all you even have to do is understand it, right? Even though it's a very inoffensive version of that thing. Like mm. I do think there is a fundamental difference between that one Slanesh thing, and uh, between that between releasing one-off models that are tied to narratives, like Gardas or the new Night Cruciator guy or Croak or whatever, mm-hmm. okay. I do fundamentally believe that there is a difference between releasing a cool new special model tied to a narrative thing that just adds to your army at some indeterminate amount of time after its book. Mm. Okay. And, and like that, which by the way, has been a thing that has happened. Like that itself is not that new of a thing. Okay. And, like, there have been special models, single things, tied to narrative-type releases before, for years, mm. and going back, okay? My, the thing that I definitely, that's why I'm saying, again, assuming the Slanesh thing is just this one thing, like, and Croak is just one thing, or whatever, okay? Mm. I'm saying that fundamentally I think there's a difference between that and what I just consider Dirty Pool, which is the Lumina, Okay? where you're intentionally making a split of everything. I am saying you're sweeping but they've clearly, they've, this, they clearly this cut thing. this out of they clearly cut this out of the release. Of yes, the to release it separately as part of the narrative event. Yeah, no doubt. They had yeah, this yeah. model. It was in the it was in the it was clearly in the can. This thing got sculpted 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah, of course. You know. So, but again, I don't care if it was separated by four months, six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months. Like, then we're just arguing over what's the amount of time that I have to just be satisfied when I get my book, right? And, and have to shut up and expect nothing. And also for, the, for all the um actually people out there, okay? I also, of course, want to see more releases for like BOC and stuff like that, these untouched armies. Yeah, of course we do, right? Like, I love how as soon as some, a, a new model gets posted for any one army, the when is my armies thing people show up. Yeah, man, I've got armies, too, that don't have anything. Like, I got a beast's army. I would love a beast thing. I got a Skaven army. I'd love to have, I'd love to have half that army redesigned, you know, Necron style. Okay, See, of I course don't, I, I don't. I don't really throw my hat in a ring on this, but all of you, 
all of you are a little bit Vince you're including this and I love you forever but like all of you are a little bit over the top like all of you have got so much stuff a, like a dearth like a flood like you're kind of like banging on a bit too much to the poor lad who plays Chaos Dwarfs like it's just not okay we haven't <laughs> had I mean we only had one spell in our spell law let alone six like you flash motherfuckers is what I think sometimes and that includes Beast of Chaos yeah all of you Right? How dare you? Yeah. But anyway, please continue with your point. I just, I needed to bring now, it up. My point is that I am, like, I see a clear separation here between single models or narrative event type releases tied to this. To me, Slanesh falls on the side of Gardas and the Cruciator and people like that. Okay? Or even Bellacor. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's a special model tied to a release which I don't find predatory. I find it jerky that they don't do that, that they don't give us a roadmap. I find it jerky to, to separate that stuff. But of course, they have a release schedule. There's, you know, whatever, whatever, it's fine. I, I see a clear difference between that behavior and what happened with Lumineth or what happened with Yukari or all of that sort of thing. That's what I'm fundamentally saying. And at a deeper level, my point is, is if you give me the choice, okay, Vince, you can live in two worlds. Mm-hmm. The, the ideal world I want to live in is we get the communication. We know it's coming. Maybe it's still a separate release, but I know it's coming when I get the book. Okay. And they put War Scroll cards for it in the box, of course, as Tom mentioned, because apparently everybody loves War Scroll cards way more than I thought. Boy, those, those, those uh, people love those Again, War Scroll cards. Put them on playing cards. I agree. That I don't like. I hate the format of the current War Scroll cards. I, I don't like the flippy open books. Like I don't. I don't understand why people like the flippy open things. I Me think they're just bad I'm like, design. I'm like, I don't have a lot of table space, and they're like, cool. We're gonna make this really big. You're like, that's not. Yeah. No one wants this. But but that Rob, the number of people who came out in the comments of the show on Wednesday and supported War Scroll cards, it was high. Tom Tom's got a lot of friends out there, and uh, that's fine. I, I I wish they were a different format. That and do work. put them in the box. I that's the world we want to live in. That's the good world. That being said, if we don't live there and the world I have to choose to live in is either A, I get this model and it's separate and I didn't know about it, or B, and I can be happy about it, right? Like I'm living in the real world here where this is the choice, okay? Mm-hmm. In the world we currently live in, where this thing released as it did, I have two choices. One, I can be excited that I got a cool new model, the best model that's ever been sculpted ever in the history of Warhammer. Mm. And excited about what it might do for the army, which I think was an underwhelming book, but it's cool to get a big new greater demon. Or two, I can be angry about it and and be frustrated. Okay? I will choose the route of positivity. Again, in the world we live in, we would all like to live in a better world, but I'm forced to, b- to build my emotional state off of the current world I exist in. And I will choose to be positive about it. Because I would rather be a happy person and celebrate new models for armies I love. And that does not seem to me to be a controversial opinion. But no one's arguing that you can't. Like everyone's everyone's saluting that like like July fourth. Um, uh, <laughs> I think oh, I don't know. Because I mean part of the problem is if you go out there and say this is like this is part of the challenge, right? If if we go out there and say this shouldn't have been released, this is bad. You're telling me the subtext of that is this should not have been released for you. You should not be enjoying this. 
No, that's that's an emotional response. That's like you wanting a thing and then feeling of course like it's other an emotional to... response. Every response is an emotional response. Yeah, but that's but that that's but you're you're reading emotional subtext into other people's words as opposed to uh, taking them on like for what they might mean or contextualizing them, which is fine because people do that. Like that's okay, but it just doesn't sure. mean it's right sometimes. Like like we all do it. Like I've done it. You do it again. Like, yeah, I'm not. It. I'm not saying they intended that at all. That's not what I just said. I don't think they intended that. Not for a moment do I think that was in their head, their conscious or subconscious. Okay, I'm saying that that's how it ends up reading. Now, I don't care in the end. I'm going to be happy about the thing regardless of what people say, mm. right? Uh, my point is uh, each individual has this choice to make of like, well, we can be, and like we can be uh, excited about the thing or we can throw a bunch of crap over the thing. Well, I don't, that's not the case. So you could be like, that, like, and that's not how human beings are. You're right, like especially in America, bless you, like very polarized to one or two. Uh, but sure. there's a range of emotional like reactions that you can have: sarcastic, uh, like like uh, nihilistic. Like you could have sure. you could have like deep satirical takes. Like Haywo responds like in very negative terms, if you will, but he ensconces it in humor, um, and therefore he does a like thing. a master. Yes. So, so there is a there is a bunch uh, of emotional responses you can have, not just only negative and only positive and truthfully when responding to any criticism if your response is that person must be negative people just don't really understand how criticism works they don't understand how development works how building works and people are just taking that wrong they're like not having adult conversations and they're not giving sure. the other person on the end of the conversation the respect that they're having an adult conversation that's the problem like no one looks at Haywo's hot takes yeah with his like jokey take and thinks okay, well, he maliciously hates me because this FAQ is bad. No, of course not. And that's not what I mean to say. What, what prompted this entire conversation of me coming on the show and us having this discussion was your rip off the thing hot take was the life of books is getting shorter in or something like that. Is our stonks. obsolescence is coming. Quicker. Stonks. Like, I'll have to go back I'm, and find all I'm tweet. All I'm bothered about now is stonks because we've got a lot of stuff to trade, boys. Yeah, we got like a lot of models. We got a lot of books. We got a lot sure. of trading. The stonks like, are important. Stonks are very important. Like, I think there's a really valuable, potentially third-party business where really you just get everyone to play the last edition and we sell it down like older brother to younger brother. Like, you're like, look, you guys, you're in like the 10p market. Like, each battle tome's a quid. We'll flog it onto you. Like, you guys can play last edition and then you just have a, like a new front playing the new... Like, there's loads of potential businesses. I think that's a sure. great... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, again, yes, of course, you're like, I'm not I'm not trying to restrict it to that. That's not what I mean. Like, of course, I agree with you. Right. And also, I just want to shout out that I agree with where was the comment? Uh, Hells, 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 in the comments that we can be excited for the mini, but still have aspirations for GW improving their model. Like, oh, yeah, man, absolutely. We can and should, as I've said, like 50 times in this conversation right now. I wish they released things. Uh, I wish they were more transparent. I wish they communicated better. They should be. I talk about it all the time, every week. I think I've made myself incredibly transparent that I am excited and yet still, right, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I can feel that, uh, that, like, we should have improvement. We should always be inspecting and adapting, right? Your take that prompted all this, I believe... 
was, oof, Battle Tome Stonk's longevity is getting lower by the day. And my response was, that's a bad take. This has nothing to do with the Battle Tome. Okay. As long as no part of is, this as long as as long as there are only the war as long as there are only war scroll rules and no other rules inside of that. Completely agreed. Which is how Completely a speculative agreed. which is how a speculative market works. A speculative market works on prediction as opposed to what we know in the moment. It's a guess towards and based on trends such as the Lumleth book. That's how speculation works. In fact, that's how the stock market and the stonk market works. It's speculative. Sure. In but no that's, way that's is it my point in... of why that's a take. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're assuming stuff not in there and saying this is going to be bad for this. Okay. I know. That's the like context. I, I get what that's you're saying. That's why that's why right? it's like that. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's a bad take. Because it's not if take. it comes out and if it's a single scroll, like I understand Twitter's not the where the Twitter is the place where nuance goes to die. <laughs> right. But like Here's the thing. If this is a whole new Slanesh sub-faction and there's multiple models and a ton of supplementary rules, then I'm like, suddenly I'm back on your side. Okay? Just that on the stonk on, on the speculative stonk side? On the, that this was a bad thing. I didn't say it was a bad thing. Like, that's not how the stonk market works. Like, we're only interested in the money. Like, Got this it. is the point. Like, we're not, like, we don't need to rail against the business practices. The business practices are terrible. Like the business practices are terrible and there are many examples. The app, the FAQ, like lying. You're like, oh, they need to be bad at communication. They're actually quite good at communication. Their intent is what you actually have a problem with. You just don't talk about it because that would disenfranchise people to you because their intent is poor. They're a poor business who use predatory business practices on their audience. They do that through communication. They don't, an example would be Curse City. They didn't badly communicate they lied and obfuscated and intentionally mistold the truth you actually don't have a problem in tour with their communication you have a problem with their intent but you don't talk about it what you do is you obfuscate how that works so you can have a conversation that people who like you and your audience can absorb it it's more friendly as an opinion but it's not truthful and it's not honest and most importantly it's not accurate that's the point that's why light-hearted takes and joke is fun because you get to look at something that you love and that you're passionate about and you say to yourself, do you know what, I really like this thing. This is really good, but the shit around it is awful. For example, I talked about football this week, which I don't like at all, so English soccer for you. And the problem with English soccer is I grew up around football people all the time. My experiences of them, they're drunk and violent. Uh, I also worked as a doorman as a young man. Not the most fun thing to be around football fans. In fact, you don't let football fans in. If you're wearing a football shirt, you just don't let them in. Now, that is the smallest percentage of football fans. Not at all relatable to all football fans. However, the problem with that is my anecdotal experience and my emotional responses to that are football's awful and people who like football is awful. But that's obviously sure. not correct. And I'm being dishonest when I talk about it, which is fine. Sure. Like, that's super okay. And therefore, yeah. having a conversation about this, something that you're so deeply passionate about, of course you don't want to think that these people are bad and they're doing bad things or you don't want to talk about it because that's not fun. It's not nice. And I get that. Like, I completely understand it. And I understand where you're at. I just don't live in that world. Like, I live in a very different world. I think actually watching a company and people being abused by said company in loads of different ways is actually a negative. I think people defending that is very bad. I think people 
attacking people who defend it, or sorry, attacking people who attack it is also really bad as well. I think there's actually very, very few people who are very vocal about the predatory business practices. You need only look at the app last year and think that that is one of the most disgusting versions of predatory business practices we've seen in a community and a hobby that apparently cares about its community. The problem with the Sinesh release and the problem with all of this is that they clearly don't want to create a better world for their players, which is fine. They don't have to. They're a business. They don't have to make a more complete universe for us as players. But because they don't, that makes them a bad company and it makes what they do a bad set of practices. That's all. After you. Sure. I, I'm not sure I agree with a lot of what was just said. <laughs> like, because, like, that is uh, that is hiding scathing assumption behind honesty. Like, now, I'll admit you're probably more in the know than me, right? But you just threw the word bad around there quite a bit. Like, I understand. Like, and I, I get what you were going on. I'm not going to hold you to the words or play semantic games, okay? Mm-hmm. But, like, are you, like, so I want to clarify your position before I counterpoint. Are you saying that, so when the community team said, you know, members of the community team who posted in various places and clearly stated, there's more Cursed City coming, okay? Like, don't worry, this isn't limited. You're saying they were out and out lying. Like, they knew it to be false and posted it anyways. Is that what you're, what you're arguing? No, I don't know. But I also know that they deleted all of those posts and then haven't spoken about it since. Which, again, as we mentioned on the show, is not what should be done, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, like, that's a the poor app communication bad, strategy. The app didn't yeah, work. Sure. Look, yeah. I'm not even going to begin to defend that app debacle, okay? Like, of course I'm not going to try that. Yes, that was just bad. Like, that was truly bad. The, and it's the same people making the same decisions. Like, I, I feel like you're jumping like you, you, you're, you've jumped to this thing where you're the, the, the trick here is you're assuming intent. OK, yeah, and business, assuming business intent, intent is tough. Your uh, Intent of individuals functioning as a business. Right. Whatever the thing is. OK. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 the, the assumption of intent here. Is what I ha- is what I would take issue with, right? Like you can have a bunch of good people try hard and make a bad product. You can also have bad management make bad decisions about bad products, i.e., the app, mm. right? You can also have people trying to make the best out of some situation, which maybe that's what happened with Curse City. Maybe it's just not. I don't. I don't know what happened behind the scenes with Curse City. Again. They absolutely should ha- communicate on the Curse City thing, no doubt. And with the app, they should have pulled it right away. Like, not tried to get thousands more people into it and blah, blah, blah. They should have just pulled it. Okay. Um, do you, uh, do you, uh, Rob, do you ever listen to like um, Freakonomics or anything like that? I do. Well, I read the first book and second book, I think. Yeah, they're both great. So there's a podcast, and that became a whole podcast network. The only the only reason I'm telling you about it and bringing this up is there's actually something that was really great. There's a new podcast called Sudir Breaks the Internet. It's from Sudir Venkatesh, who's the guy who you remember in Freakonomics, the guy who went into the Chicago drug gang mm-hmm. and like got embedded with them. That was Sudir yeah. Venkatesh. Okay, 
he went and worked for so he worked with the FBI. He's worked with he worked with Facebook for three years and so on and so forth. His most recent podcast was really fantastic. Like it speaks to directly what we're talking about right here. Okay, I'll give it a listen. Appreciate that. It's so good. Uh, you're gonna love it because it's about his time at Facebook, and he worked on this team called like the Protect and Safeguard team or something like that. I don't remember the exact name, but they're the people who get the bad stuff off of Facebook. Okay, like that's their job to like hate speech, violent imagery, nudity, whatever, like the worst of the worst stuff. They, they're they the team that pulls all that down. Right. And he talked about the introduction of Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Okay, And when when it was coming out, they, they said uh, th his team said, this is really dangerous, guys. You're going to have people stream things like murders and stuff like that and really horrible behavior. You don't have any safeguards in place to stop stuff like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that's what happened. Right? Yep. And the company responded because everybody wanted to do, like, they were all like, oh, no, that's bad. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire more people to moderate it and, you know, make sure we get bad actors off there and so on and so forth. Right? Mm -hmm. He's like, but the answer should have been they should have pulled it. But they didn't because companies get into sort of sunk cost fallacy really easily. Right? You put a lot of money behind something. You've done all that. My point is, you can have a lot of people I mean, operating. I get that with armies. If I paint one test model, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm painting. Well, we're in now, points. right? We're all yeah. we're all skeptical, <laughs> right? Carry on, yeah. Sorry. My point is, is that you can have good people, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, in no way do I think business practices affect the people. I don't think. I don't think people are corporations. I'm not again America who. Think I'm not. I'm not are. saying they are either. I'm talking about the individuals who work in that building. Uh huh. Okay. And some are lovely, wonderful people, and some are total right. cunts. Like, I, which is probably also true, just based on humanity's average. <laughs> right? There we go. A hundred percent true. My point is, you can have a lot of good people who are trying to make a good uh, product and still make bad decisions or a bad product. Now, ultimately, my problem with that that rant you just went on, okay, is do I agree that? I don't like some of their business practices. You betcha. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. 100% agreed. Should they stop them? Yes. Yes, they should be more transparent, as we've said a bunch of times. I think it would be better for the community. And I think more, most importantly to them, it would be better for them. Nailed it. Absolutely okay. nailed it. Yeah. Of course it would be better yes. for them. And more enlivened. And more active community who feel like their company represents them will give them more money, obviously. Right. So all of that's fine. We agree on that. Where I take issue with the rant you just went on, okay, is where you ascribed, uh, I'll try to use the, the, the negative intent. I want to use this like the least loaded word possible, mm -hmm. okay, when I'm not sure that's what's there. I don't think that's honesty. I think that's... I, I think that's, I don't want to ascribe your intent. That's something else, okay, marking as honesty. There's no great, there is no great honor in going, oh, these people are bad. This is bad because they're specifically, like, they're being bad in this way. Now, that being said, the honest take is to certainly come on and go, the app is bad. It should be pulled because it's non-functional. No pushback. No issue. Right? But that's the outcome. Back. That's the real thing. That should be like, if that's the take, you and I have no, can broke no disagreement. But there was pushback. 
As an example would be, uh, of talking about pushback uh, and the existence of how this works inside the Warhammer community, would be uh, you are on the show this week doing a very great show with JP about stats. Yeah, that's great. Now, you weren't involved in the, uh, the riotous uh, and horrific, really, uh, online bullying that really occurred towards LLV and me uh, for putting stats out there. Uh, Which certainly I never did, and more, and I spruked both of you guys for doing it because I did and do continue to think it's good. And I'm not going to defend those people either. Like, no, the, no, the, hold on, hold on. But it's part of the ahead. larger, it's it's part of the larger consensus, and it's part Shut of the larger up. conversation. Yeah, like being at the forefront of a conversation about things that are good or bad. Stats are cool. We like stats. Stats are cool now, love right? Stats. We're into it. Great. Yeah, love great stats. Job. JP's doing a great job. Yeah, um, Ziggy's doing a great job. Stats people doing great jobs. Right? Love them. And they're wonderful people. But at a time, there was some horrific pushback. Like, really, really horrible. Personal, uh, on a load of levels, uh, which was which was really unnecessary. And even you. Like, you, 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 you denounced me as a terrorist uh, for talking <laughs> about... You did. It was an emotional response. And uh, funny, and obviously also, like, tongue-in-cheek. But at the end of the day, I was described as a terrorist for describing, just factually, that there's a win rate for an army so high that it shouldn't play at events. Anyone with any sense would say that it was unfair for them to perform at an event. That's sure. a very fair statement. Anyone who wasn't in any way in agreement with that statement was defending there being such a disparity in competitive level. Don't care about you playing at home with your mates. Don't care about you playing like down the pub. At a competition level, it was super okay for someone to have this. And not only was I generally cussed out all across the place for thinking about the community. The community was the point. Because I don't give a fuck if you do or don't take it. Because I'll play at events with my friends. Yeah. And I also understand like the competitive player doesn't care about like that information. They just need to know what's good so they can try to beat it. Like that isn't where it works. However, this is a long story of the Honest War Gamer being three and a half oh, years Oh, real quick, now. hold on. This army was Slanesh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, was pre, Slanesh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it, apply, it applies to other armies as well. Sure. This is, a, sure. this is a long story of the Honest War Gamer and my co-hosts who are all wonderful people sticking their neck out to say, do you know what? I'd like this to be better. I'd like this to be good. I think that this is wrong and I don't think this works well. And I think this is a bad practice. However, inside of a hobby that they all are obsessed with, like all of them, like, and they're all brilliant people. Like, I'm very, very lucky to have the co-hosts that I have and also the audience that I have because they're a group of people who, when all these criticisms have come out over the past three and a half years, for whatever it is, they don't necessarily rush to defend, but they at least listen. And they think, do you know what? Probably something with a 75% win rate isn't okay. Like, it's sure. not cool. Not having an FAQ isn't cool. Not addressing croak isn't cool. Like, Agreed. none of these things. Like, and... I think that when we have these conversations and when we have these conversations online, because like you say, Twitch, uh, not Twitch, Twitter. Or Twitter is where nuance goes to die. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an insidious place, but I tweet just to save lives. Is a, a bad forum. You're doing the but Lord's I also, work. But I also think that this fandom in some ways isn't the most positive because they will go to bat for their own abusers, which is a weird, weird thing for a hobby. Like if I was into cycling and there was a company who kept, oh, and we can talk about the problem as to why this is the case. There's a company who sold me a bike that was shit. And then like, they were like, but it's really fast. And I knew nothing. Like I'm brand new. They're like, this is such a fast bike. And then I buy it. And then my friend who's into bikes is like, that's a terrible bike. You won't be able sure. to race at the competitions with that bike. I'd be sure. like, this is weird. And you would be okay. But there'd be other people biking through. Like, that's fine. That company, 
The problem is Games Workshop have no competitors, which is what really upset me about the Chris Metzen things. Like, I'll do a fifth edition fucking D&D campaign. I'm like, no one gives a fuck. Like, it's like a white fellow with a podcast. Like, why are we here? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I hate him now. Like, I was like, you're my hero. Like, you're going to fucking go for it. But he didn't. Didn't set up a competitor. And that's the problem with Games Workshop. They've got a monopoly. They make something brilliant, which I fucking love. Yeah? Love sure. all the people who do it. Like, it's great. Yep. And then they don't have to develop their business practices. So we end up with, like, some shitty... We, we, end up with, we end up with a shitty community because they don't know how to be any better. Yeah? And we end up with... Like, and there's a whole bunch of talking heads. I mean, we could talk about the fucking people who get free product and then fucking, like, like put a boot in their mouth. Like, those people are literally harming the community as we go through. We could talk about that for, like, three hours. But those are sure. fucking insidiously awful people. Um, and then we just end up with a bad... We just end up with a bad, like, situation. So that's why we only tweet to save lives now. And we only do stonks, Vince. We're just here to have fun. Like, that's all we're sure. here for. Fun and adventure. After Which I appreciate. So my, my only... My... my response to that as it were okay would be you're absolutely right i called you a terrorist i agree with that because you were using terrorist tactics and i stand behind that opinion still to this day but you know that was also with love and it was also to your face and it was this also conversation on this, show. this conversation now is with love like absolutely. we're having this of conversation in oh yeah public. just for everybody watching rob and i love each other very much like i really mean that just don't worry mom and dad aren't fighting we're just having a great discussion this is why i wanted to come on the show because rob stimulates me to think about these things in a, in a way that i often don't and challenges me and that's why i love rob to death forever and ever and you are always my hero and always will be brother nothing but love and i can't wait to see you in person again Same. as soon as i can get over to the uk i'm driving immediately to nottingham and i'm going to give you an uncomfortably long hug but Don't stop you worry workshop about first. Let them like fucking treat you like a king. Like give a day of like it's just, you know, like <laughs> fucking get the tour. Come on, yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> the uh, um, the the thing I would say here is when you look at the two takes. So let's look at our two takes on Slanesh. Yours was ban Slanesh, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. My response was, that's too strong. I didn't disagree. It was out of line performance wise. I completely agreed with that. At that point, I was wrong on Slanesh for a while. I admit that I have admitted that repeatedly and I'll I'll carry that. I'll carry that stone until I die. OK. Mm. And I but at that point, I was completely with you. And two, my response was shelve Slanesh. We should call on the community that if you're playing Slanesh, you should put it up on the shelf and not be playing it. I argue in your casual games or at a tournament because it's unfun. And we should be openly asking them, pushing GW over and over again, that this army know, needs to be fundamentally changed and redesigned. But you know that, you, but you know, you know that I can't ban you from playing with your mates. <laughs> but yeah, I can I, ban you. But I can ban you from playing at a tournament. Like it's a competitive event. Like you did a, a again great show on Wednesday. You go back and check it. Although I don't think anyone who's listening to the show hasn't checked it out yet. Talking about stats. Like there's loads to pass away from that. Some I don't agree with. Some I do. Um, and I watched it all by the way. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, the, it was uh, so much fun with JP. I really would encourage everyone to say it. Like what we revealed in the data, at least I, I think was was great fodder for additional discussion and exploration. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, the uh, the, the, but the point about all of that is there's a lot of supposition inside of that. But when it when you're talking about tournament data, because we weren't and you weren't at the weekend, oh, sorry, on Wednesday, talking about anything other than tournament data. When you talk about tournament data, I can ban 
something or something that is way over the top because that's the right format. Shelvin Slash does nothing. Like, it never did anything. It just was more palatable to an audience. Like, that is my con, that's the, the context. That's the issue. And I get it. Like, that's where we sit. Like, I push the boat to the other side. I don't know if you've ever read The Establishment by Owen Jones. Have you happened to have read that? I haven't read it now. So uh, it's a really fascinating book. Well, it talks a lot about conservative policies and think tank work. It's very much like the the Southern problem or like uh, the the Southern uh, kind of like yeah, strategy, yeah. which I know you know a lot about yeah, yeah. Uh, in America. Yep. Just for people who don't know at home, effectively in the 50s and 60s, what happened was a lot of conservative think tanks spent a lot of money uh, to drive a narrative. So what they would do is they would propose something like really simple, like we should murder all poor people. And then they'd be like, what? No. And they did that in England as well. Like it was a lot to do. Actually, if you go back and look in the 50s and 60s, like the kind of the, the conservative push has moved very much more. To, I'm not talking about politics because you agree left or right. Like I'm more talking about it as a kind of like a wholesale kind of conversation. And what they yeah, did sure. was they pushed the agenda that killing all people was bad. So then they were like, what if we only kill some people? This is an extreme example, but I'm just using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's moving the Overton window. Yes. Exactly. This has been the discussion of moving the Overton window. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. And so what would happen is yep. you bring that over and then you're like, okay, all right, we won't kill all people. We'll just kill some people. Like we've made sure. a compromise. Yeah. Compromise is where all quality development goes to die. Like it does nothing. Like it, and, and shelving it did nothing. Like it achieved nothing. The FAQ coming out and nerfing it is what did the thing. Like yes, of course. banning it would have done the thing. But when you when you compromise, when you push that, like, and it's very simple. Like you get this with all policies. You always get people dragging it into the middle, and the middle does nothing. Like it achieves zero. Like there's yeah, maybe to me, steady I, progression. I get what you're saying. I'll, I'll just jump in real quick. I completely understand what you're saying, and like the the concept of uh fake compromise okay first of all all democracies and all sort of these kinds of things work on compromise but i know it's not really what we're talking about like mm -hmm. compromise can be very good and actually how you get to really good stuff it doesn't have to actually be bad like yes there is time for intractable policies like for instance like we shouldn't kill anybody there's not a middle ground on that right or whatever you know murder shouldn't be okay right there there are certain things you can say let's not take a middle ground on there is no compromise on this issue and there are certain things you can so we don't want to make it like that my argument but but my argument with shelves and that wasn't a compromise position that wasn't what i was why i was taking it or to make it more palatable my argument was this I don't want this decision. Like, if a TO wants to make the decision and they openly say, I, you can't bring Slanesh to this tournament, fine. I have the choice not to attend. Okay? I don't care. That's fine. They can do that. I've always stood behind the power that TOs are God. They can do whatever they want. Right? And, uh, but ultimately, what I wanted to encourage was quite the opposite way around. I didn't want to just make the move for TOs and at tournaments. What I was trying to start was a groundswell movement, quite the opposite. I was trying to take a broader position than you, okay, and say, actually, we, the players of Slanesh, need to step up and be the responsible adults and put our stuff away. We shouldn't need mommy and daddy TOs to ban this thing and tell us we're not allowed to bring it. We however, should be adults and however, do it for them. However, then we go into something brilliant like Owen Jackson's fat middle, which then gets repeated by the community article in the competitive center or whatever the fuck that was like i can't remember the name now but obviously insane uh, but also hilarious understand that when i things i find things like i find all of this funny like i'm like mm -hmm. uh, like I, I care about zero 
like everything's fun. Like, and the and the, uh, the point is, is that the wonderful, wonderful um, uh, Owen Jackson just banned six armies. No one gave a fuck. Everyone's like, oh, that's so interesting. And in fact, became the conversation. People are like, that's cool. You're letting all the people like, and all the armies in that middle play against each other. How fun's that? I know for a fact that uh, uh, Val talking about 40k on Tuesday was like, we should pass out the top players to play versus in their own bracket. So it's a more interesting match, and then you let the other people play in a middle. Interesting. Which you point. and I even talked about that idea. We, I love the idea of the two tournament thing. Of like, that's why I separated the bad guys and the good guys in the stat show, right? Like I actually, or like that we did on Wednesday. I actually made a group called the bad guys, and I love what the the Owen Jackson did with that tournament. Okay, by doing that, that kind of experimentation stuff is fine. That's why I said I don't have a problem with. TOs deciding to run their tournaments in different ways, removing armies, getting the stuff, try experimenting with different stuff. That's all great. But with broken things, what I'm saying is we as a community need to also be more proactive. Like, if you really want to be the ch- like be the change you want to see in the world, man, I don't know what else to say. Okay. Like, I, my, yes. my Age of Sigmar events are banning bound endless spells. Like, Fantastic. there isn't a single fucking person in the world who thinks that's a problem. Like, and anyone who does, I don't want to listen to them. I don't give a fuck about your opinion. You're wrong. Like, it's 10 points for something insane. Who gives a shit? Like, it, like it's because what I'm most focused on right now, this is really important, and I've got to go because my friend Chris is here. No, I know. He's come, to, <laughs> and he's come to help, And he's come to help me with stuff. The thing that I'm it's most fine, concerned go about... Yeah, I know. Uh, I love talking to you. We'll come back to this next week, or we'll do the stats, or we'll talk about something. You're a wonderful person. Thank you, everyone, for listening. The thing I'm concerned about, the show is concerned about, uh, that my co-hosts are all, again, incredible people, are always concerned about, and anyone who I've done event with, work, Scrivo, everyone, we've always just been most interested in making people have fun games. Sure. Sometimes that feels counterproductive with what Games Workshop intend, because what Games Workshop intend is to have, is to make money. Now, they can include other stuff, but they have to primarily make money. I just want people to have fun in sure. a hobby that I love. And that's that's always going to be the mission statement and is really, really important. So that kind of like crossover is weird. Anything you want to throw out there before we go? I'm so sorry that I've got to go. But like Chris is here and he's just the uh, fuck. It. I don't know. how I don't know how to make a PTZ camera develop its own IP. I don't know what. Like, so Chris <laughs> fine, is doing man. That. It's all yeah. good. I got to go to my, my my day is about to begin. Uh, no, only to say that uh, this is why this is what unites us. Of course, I agree with you, Rob. What we all want to do is make this the most fun uh game possible right and i think you and i sometimes have different opinions on how to get to that place on which road we should take to arrive at the destination but we both absolutely agree on the destination and we also agree on the on what uh on the bad things that shouldn't be done uh uh, that is to say by the the actual bad things that the company is doing there's a lot of good uh, 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 agreement there so rob Fantastic conversation. Thank you for having me, sir. I'll come back anytime, as always. Yes, next time we can do Sin Guy, Bin Guy, and why I think you're wrong on that whole framing device. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I started that entire conversation with art. I think there are three writers, so this is already defunct. Like, that's how I started it off. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we're only here to have fun. I'm going to go quickly raid someone. Um, let's go raid Carrie because she's trying her hardest to make a... Uh, um, um, partner and that'll make us smile at least 
Uh, I'm pretty certain she thinks she's a dick, but who doesn't? And that's the important part uh, here. Uh, right, so let's go, Ray Kerry. You guys have all been great. Vince, thanks very much for being on the show. I hope you're all well. Uh, loads and loads of love. See you soon and bye. <laughs>